on there. Jesus plus nothing. 100% natural, no additives. Andrew Farley is celebrating your freedom in Christ. Call in and ask your questions at 877-655-6755. That's toll free at 877-655-6755. Via satellite from Texas, it's The Grace Message with Dr. Andrew Farley. Hello, everyone. Welcome to The Grace Message. I'm Andrew Farley. So glad you're joining us tonight. That number, 877-655-6755. We are live right now toll-free across the United States and Canada. If you're joining us tonight on Sirius XM or any AM, FM station across North America, or perhaps you're joining us via YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, our mobile app, or our website, it, it makes no difference. However you're connected tonight, you can call in and be a part of the conversation. Open lines room for you, 877-655-6755. Maybe you've got a question tonight about a scripture passage, a biblical issue, something that's been on your heart for some time. Uh, maybe it's a personal problem going on in your marriage with your kids in your church. You're looking for that grace perspective. Well, that is exactly why we're here tonight for you. Again, open lines, a room right now, 877-655-6755. Well, we're going to start out tonight uh, with a question from YouTube, and it's from Joseph. He says, does our old self die once we decide to open the door to Jesus and he works in us? And the short answer is yes, yes, absolutely yes. Your old self dies, Romans chapter 6 we're crucified with Christ, we're buried with him, and we are raised to newness of life. So your old self dies at salvation, and that's how you're born again. In fact, really everybody who says they're born again ought to simultaneously be agreeing that their old self died. You can't be born again unless you die first. But unfortunately, we've got this weird theology going on in the Christian world today where Christians are trying to kill themselves. <laughs> That's right. They've got a weekend at Bernie's theology where they're trying to kill Bernie, and Bernie's already dead. What do I mean? Well, the old self already died, but we're running around talking about dying to self. Have you heard this one? Well, folks, it's an interesting phrase that you will find zero times, zero times in the Bible. We are never told to die to self as Christians. Why not? Because the old self died already. Why are we trying to kill ourself when we're the new self? If you're the new self and you've got a new heart and a new nature, a new spirit and God's spirit living in you, Please don't deny yourself. Please don't kill yourself. Instead, be yourself. And the Bible puts it this way. Count yourself alive to God. You've died to sin. How can you live in it any longer? Count yourself alive to God. So you're the new self, and you're not two selves. You're not two people in there. You don't have two hearts or two persons or two spirits. Nope. You are one person, a new creation, a child of God, the new self. So don't try to kill what God has called new. Now, why do you still struggle with sin? I mean, come on. I mean, if your old self is dead and you're the new self, then why do you still struggle? 
Well, you still struggle because of that stinking thinking. I mean, we got some renewed mindsets to look forward to. Remember, Romans says we'll be transformed by the renewing of our minds. You don't need a new heart. You've already got one in Christ. You don't need a new spirit. You've already got one in Jesus. But we do need the new perspectives that the Spirit of God gives us as we experience the renewing of the mind. So why do we still struggle? Those old attitudes, those unrenewed mindsets, we can call it the flesh. That's right, a worldly way of thinking and acting. All of those habits, all of those patterns, all of that stinking thinking that we had before we were saved. Well, did you notice? Did you notice when you got saved, you didn't get a frontal lobotomy, did you? No, you still got those same brain waves happening in your body. You still got those same old patterns fluctuating through your your mind, being offered the same temptations even after you're saved. So that stinking thinking, those old patterns, those old perspectives, that worldly way of coping with life, that's called the flesh. And we can still set our minds there. And we can still walk according to the flesh, but our old self is dead, buried, and gone. So, none of this funny talk. We can't afford this funny business of saying that we're two people, or that we've got two natures, or two hearts, or two selves. Don't buy it. The gospel is better than that. You're a new creation, but you're learning and growing and getting your mind renewed. So, isn't that awesome to think about, Joseph? Thanks for your question there on YouTube. Reach out to us again anytime. Uh, Great to hear from you. All right, well, let's go now to California, and we'll talk with Emma. Hey, Emma, what have you got for us tonight? Well, uh, I hope this is not too similar to what um, you were just saying, but um, I do have a question about the new life in, in me, uh-huh. I experience that new life as the Holy Spirit, but I hear people talking about Jesus Christ, the person in us. So mm-hmm. that's a little confusing. Like it, mm-hmm. my sense is that there's one God, yep. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, all yes. one, all yes. together. Yeah. But I hear people talking as if they're all separate, and so I wonder if you could talk a little bit in that direction sure yes well first uh, yeah i mean it's a great question i'm glad you asked it emma and uh as far as uh that confusion i I think we can clarify simply by saying first god is three and god is one and god is three and god is one so we call this mystery the trinity right and i know you've heard that term so many times and people try to explain the trinity it's very challenging Uh, They end up coming up with analogies, you know, I'm a brother, I'm a father, I'm a son, I've got three roles. Well, that's three roles, but that's not uh, three persons. Uh, So that falls short. And then people try to explain, well, you know, it's like water, solid, liquid, and gas. Okay, that's three modes, uh, but that modalism won't cut it either. That doesn't uh, quite define God. We're not going to be able to wrap our finite minds around God. So it's all right to let the Trinity be a mystery, a challenge to define. 
now, concerning who lives in you, the answer is yes. Yes, all the way. Does the Father live in you? Yes. Does the Holy Spirit live in you? Yes. Does Jesus live in you? Yes. In fact, Jesus puts it this way. He says, we will come. Now, notice he's speaking in the plural. He says, we will come and make our house in that person uh, and that person who believes. So when you believed, guess what? The Trinity took up residence. We will come and make our abode or make our house in that person who believes. How beautiful is that, that the entire Trinity is pleased to have you. So uh, this is something that we can uh, take to the bank. John fourteen twenty three. Jesus answered and said to him, If a man uh, loves me, he will keep my words, and my Father will love him, and we will come unto him, and we will make our abode with him. So what's he talking about? Well, Jesus is about to unfold the gospel. This is John 14. You know what comes next, 15 and 16 and 17, everything about the vine and branches and the Holy Spirit and our union with Christ. He's saying, if you hear my word and you believe it, then you are going to be our house. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are going to take up residence inside of you. So never be confused again, Emma, when someone talks about Christ in you. Uh, You can also think of the Holy Spirit in you, the Father in you, the presence of God in you, the Spirit of God in you, and Romans 8 even says the Spirit of Christ lives in you. So all of these are interchangeable because God is three and God is one, and that's the beauty of the Trinity. So, Emma, I want to put you back on and see. Does that help uh, make sense of it all? Oh, it helps a great deal. And I, I want to add one thing, and that is I have always felt uh, less than because I didn't quite understand how. In other words, I was always asking myself, do I really believe in Jesus? Because I wasn't sure if the person of Jesus was in there, if you see what I mean. So yes, this is very yes. helpful. So uh, you believe that Jesus died on the cross, rose again from the dead. You believe this? Yes, yes. And you believe Jesus is the Son of God? Yes, of course. Yeah, okay. So, uh, yeah, I mean, this is not something that needs to trip you up at all. Uh, The reason you believe those things is because the Spirit of God does reside inside of you and has revealed these truths to you. And I think what really happens, I could be wrong here, but I'm going to take a stab that, uh, you know, what happens to us sometimes is that we hear people talking about Jesus And they use his name in such a way, and they seem to be feeling certain things. Uh, They feel uh, a great deal of emotion about the name of Jesus. And uh, my goodness, I mean, we just got to remember that uh, it's not about what we feel, and we don't need to be trying to measure up to what someone else uh, is feeling or experiencing. So uh, sometimes we measure ourselves, and... We look at what others are expressing, and we think, gosh, do I, do I really feel that same affection for the name of Jesus? Do I really feel that same affection for Jesus? And 
the truth is uh, is that uh, Jesus has many names in many languages, Jesus in Espanol, Jesus in, in, uh, in English, and so on and so forth, Jesus uh, Christos in Greek. Uh, so, uh, you know, we could go on, but my point is, what do you feel about the name Jesus? Well, you probably don't feel much because that's Greek, unless you're a Greek speaker, uh, you don't feel some emotional attachment to those syllables. So don't overthink it or overanalyze it. The bottom line is you know the gospel. You believe that Jesus is who he says he is and that he did what he said he did. And you have believed unto salvation and certainly the person of Jesus, the Spirit of Christ, the Holy Spirit, and God the Father live in you, Emma. So thanks for your call and to reach out to us again anytime. Great to hear from you. All right, well, let's go now uh, to Florida, and we'll talk with Jessica. Hi, Jessica. Hey, Pastor Farley. Hey, what's on your mind today? Well, first, I just wanted to thank you because we had been emailing for a while, and uh, me and my husband would ask you questions, and we talk about stuff. And over the past month um, to even, like, the past couple of days, our whole relationship was just, like, completely changed. I never thought it would be this great because of the grace message. So we're just wow. so thankful to the ministry and to Jesus and our relationship. It's like we had a whole breakthrough in our relationship, and it's been the best thing. <laughs> like, awesome. That's so tremendous to hear. Yeah, thanks for sharing that. It's amazing. And we've been doing Bible studies together. And we, the question actually pertains to that because we have been reading a lot and we were just kind of doing some deep dives and like questioning some stuff. Mm -hmm. And we are reading how there's multiple verses about like women and their bodies and covering their bodies and being modest and everything. Mm -hmm. But you don't really see that with men and men covering their bodies whenever women uh, like struggle with lust towards men as well. And we were just wondering like, is it, the same or like why is it more mentioned towards women and like not really towards men like how is it different right well a lot of that is also cultural i mean first of all you're right that lust can work both ways and there's no sense in throwing a stumbling block in front of another person whether you're a male or a female uh, we can use godly wisdom and common sense and uh set appropriate boundaries uh, in our minds uh, just to make sure that uh, we're carrying ourselves on the outside uh, in in a way that corresponds to who we are on the inside. So let me give you an example of why I say, you know, some of that is cultural. Well, you look at Corinthians and how Paul is talking about long hair and short hair. Well, short hair meant something 2,000 years ago. Short hair for us today, I mean, all kinds of uh, females have uh, short hair. Some some have long hair. There's different hairstyles. Uh, none of that means anything today. But 2,000 years ago, uh, it had a particular meaning to it. So if you had a shaved head or very short hair, you might have been seen as available, as a woman of the night, someone who was available on the city streets for sale. Uh, so... Paul is asking the Corinthian women to carry themselves in a way that is worthy of their calling. Uh, now, today, again, I mean, short hair would be just fine. So how about uh, when he says not to adorn yourself uh, with something of gold, for example? 
well, you know, Paul's talking to the young pastor Timothy, and in other letters he talks about this humility and the way to compare, uh, carry yourself or comport yourself. Uh, but today, I mean, for about 15 or $25, you could get some sort of uh, uh, piece of jewelry at Walmart, and nobody's going to think, oh, my goodness, uh, she's showing off. So everything is relative. Uh, 2,000 years ago, the culture was different. The times were different. The availability of things was different. Uh, so we just have to keep that in mind. I mean, we, not you, but we Christians in general, we, we try to read a, a passage of Scripture and immediately turn it into a tablet of stone. <laughs> so we take a behavior passage and we say, now how can I legislate this in my church? And how can I legislate this in my life? And, you know, that works fine for the things that are not situational. Uh, but sometimes there are situations uh, you know, uh, let me give you a great example. So uh, Paul says, let a man examine himself, talking about the Lord's Supper. Well, the situation is that they were getting drunk. They were getting drunk at the Lord's Supper, and they were eating up all the food and drinking up all the drink, and then the poor people show up and have nothing. So when Paul says, let a man examine himself, that's what he's talking about. He's saying, guys, come on, examine what you're doing here. Now, how did we take that passage and just mess it up? Well, 2,000 years later, we're sitting down to examine ourselves every time we take the Lord's Supper. doesn't matter whether we're being patient, waiting on others, or whether we've eaten or drink, drank uh, the juice yet. We're just uh, going into morbid introspection, dimming the lights and, uh, and playing the sad music and trying to introspect. Well, that passage is situational. Uh, it doesn't mean that every Christian for all of time should have some sort of examination infestation before they take the Lord's Supper. So likewise, obviously, there are some eternal truths like put on love and put on Christ and put off resentment and put off bitterness and put on Christ. But, you know, there's 20 ways to put on love. And how do you put on love today? Uh, versus 2,000 years ago. Well, sometimes you have to consider politeness, and you have to consider culture, and you have to consider what is acceptable. And uh, so today, you know, men could very well carry themselves in a way that leads women to lust, and vice versa. You have to think, well, maybe that wasn't happening in the same way 2,000 years ago. Men uh, you know, there wasn't uh, this group of men running around trying to present themselves to society uh, as objects uh, in the same way that it's happening today. I mean, we got to remember the world is getting worse, not better over time. So there may be a few reasons that Paul particularly addresses women. Um, but at the end of the day, our takeaway today is that there's neither male nor female. We're all one in Christ. There's no partiality with God. And certainly, any time God is asking us to carry ourselves in humility, uh, he means that to be for both men and women, and he's not picking on women. So uh, there's a whole lot of liberty we have in Christ we don't want to get real legalistic with this, but we want to just use some common sense and godly wisdom and say, you know, am I trying to stand out and make a, a statement sexually with the way that I carry myself, or am I dressing in a way that is uh, 
pretty normal and pretty average and pretty uh, okay in today's culture. So uh, a lot of it has to do with uh, understanding, you know, that church history and the way that those Corinthian women, for example, were carrying themselves and what it meant. So I hope that helps, Jessica, as uh, you think about uh, these issues. And it was a great question. Thank you for reaching out tonight. And thanks for sharing the awesome news about your marriage, too. That's a big encouragement to me. All right, well, let's go now. We got one more minute, maybe two. We're going to go out to Ohio and talk with Anthony. Hey, Anthony. Anthony, are you there? Uh, well, we're having trouble hearing you, so I guess we'll uh, we'll pop out to the internet and we're going to address this question: What do you mean? by you can be yourself and express Jesus at the same time. This is Larry on Facebook. Well, I know it sounds pretty good, right? Be yourself and express Jesus at the same time. Is that just some sort of feel-good message? I mean, are pastors really allowed to run around telling their congregations that Christians can be themselves? Did Jesus really want us to be ourselves? Well, I guess I would ask you, if he didn't want that, who did he want you to be? Did he want you to not be yourself? Did he want you to fake it? Did he want you to just put on airs and be a pretender? Of course Jesus wants you to be yourself, but the only way you can do that and have it work out is if you're the new self. And that's why salvation had to be more than forgiveness. It's forgiveness and new life. God didn't just cause Jesus to, well, die for your sins. Remember, there's more to it. Jesus died for your sins, but you died with Jesus. That's the other half of the cross. The message of the cross is that you died with Jesus. And therefore, you were raised to newness of life. So think about it. If you're the new self, you can be yourself. I know what you've heard. I heard it too. I grew up in the Bible Belt. I heard it my whole life that you got to deny yourself and you got to die to self. Well, what I'm saying is the opposite. I'm saying you've already done all of that. Remember when you got saved What happened when you got saved? Well, you took up your cross and you followed Jesus. And where did he go? He went to Calvary and he took you with him and you were crucified with Christ. Galatians 2.20. Your old self was crucified with him. Romans 6.6. What does this mean? It means that's already happened to you. So please don't deny yourself if you're the new self. You get to be yourself. We Christians were the only ones who get to be ourselves and express Jesus at the exact same time. Think about it. It's not just the Holy Spirit living in there. It's you. It's your new human spirit. It's your new heart and your new self. So you get to be who God made you. Why do we keep trying to make the gospel morbid? We're telling people to die to self and kill themselves spiritually. We're telling them to deny themselves. And the whole time, God's trying to tell us, wait a minute, you're born of the Spirit. You're born of God. You're born of me. So why would you be trying to kill what I've made new? So do you see it? 
what if you just wake up every day and count yourself alive and say, Lord Jesus Christ, I believe you. I believe you made me new. You cleaned house and you moved in. You took up residence inside of me. You made me one spirit with you. I'm alive together with Christ. I've got this vine branches relationship. It's me, but it's you, but it's me, but it's you. So just think about it. It's so beautiful. There's no fly in the ointment. There's no worm in the apple. There's nothing to ruin it. It's glorious. You are compatible. You're on God's team, and you're in God's family. You've got new spiritual DNA. You've got a whole new genetics, a whole new life, and a whole new nature. You're bonded and fused to Jesus Christ, and you agree with him, and he agrees with you. So, how about you walk by the Spirit and be yourself, too? For more information on the broadcast ministry of Dr. Andrew Farley, please visit andrewfarley.org. That's andrewfarley.org. Join us next time as we invite you to celebrate the grace message with Dr. Andrew Farley. This program is sponsored by your generous financial support.